Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the basics of dedicated contract carriage with Bob Elkins. Welcome, Bob. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, Bob. I'll give you guys a little bit of background. I know Bob a little bit from when we worked on a project together and a great guy and very knowledgeable. And there's not a lot of companies that do dedicated contract carriage and Ruan, where Bob works, is one of them. So we're going to get somebody who's uh, at an industry leader who's going to tell us all about this topic. So, Bob, before we go any further, please introduce yourself and your company. Of course, Joe. Thank you so much again. As Joe mentioned, Bob Elkins. I'm the Senior Vice President over Industry Vertical at Ruan Transportation out of Des Moines, Iowa. So what do you mean by Industry Vertical? Industry Vertical includes all of our dedicated operations within our metals, steel, customer base, as well as all of our gas and chemicals. Oh, you guys got a lot of it. (laughs) So, Bob, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined Ruan. Before I joined Ruan, well, I'll start way back when, Joe. I grew up in Kentucky, joined the military right out of high school, and then my parents had a trucking company. And I was going to make the military a career, but they asked me to come home and help them with a trucking company. So uh, I did and really learned trucking from the ground up. My first job was washing trucks on the weekend while attending University of Kentucky full-time during the week. And through that experience, dating myself a little bit, but uh, back then I, my dad took me down to the courthouse to get a chauffeur's license, and then all of a sudden I could drive a truck. But then worked my way from driving, learned the books, uh, learned customer-facing, and was fortunate enough to start my own trucking company. And through that experience... I uh, did some work with a very large carrier and ended up coming to work for them and uh, spent about 21 years with that carrier. And then just recently for about the last two years, I've been at Ruan. Nice. And Bob, when we were talking about this offline, I mentioned that very few people have that background that you do. Most people who are selling this freight services or transportation services, the technology, very few of us have been inside a truck or worked on a truck, washed it like you have. You have that ground up experience and obviously you have the experience of being at the top of the house too. Yes, I really appreciate all that experience, and it's really helped me throughout my career. And when you think of Ruan, what a great comparison with our first driver was our founder, you know, from 1932. So, again, just a very strong history there within Ruan. Yeah, yeah. I drove a truck one time. It was like a six-wheeled truck. I drove it from Chicago to Detroit in February. I wouldn't do that again, thank you. But um, <laughs> I had to fly to Chicago, pick it up, and drive it home. And I thought, that's I've made that trip a million times. It's four and a half hours. Not when it snows, not in February. And boy, I got an education on how difficult that job can be. It's a very difficult profession. And we're fortunate to have uh, a lot of professional driver team members here at Ruan as well. So. Yep. So let's get started. So first off, what is dedicated contract carriage? Well, Joe, when you think about dedicated contract carriage, it's where the shipper has made a decision to enter into a contract for the trucks and drivers that will end up delivering their product. And that contract is for us, you know, a specific length of time. And it allows the carrier to come in and bring all the professionalism, the safety, the training that goes with being a, a professional carrier where then the shipper can really concentrate on their core competency. 
Yep. So when people hear contract rates, they go, oh, okay, you've got contract rates. We all kind of know what that is. That means you're going to move my freight for this number, this dollar amount every day or every week. Spot is spot market. And when we say dedicated contract carriage, that's something different. That means those trucks, those drivers are all mine. I pay for that. They work on my project only, right? Exactly. Those trucks, drivers, trailing equipment are all that shipper's asset to be utilized within that contract agreement. And so sometimes when you see a truck driving down the street and you look and you see that, you know, they have their branded trailer and you go, oh, that's pretty slick. These companies bought their own trailers. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes that trailer is owned by a company like Ruan that does dedicated contract carriage, right? That's a good point, Joe, because more often than not, that's exactly what it is. It's a dedicated carrier providing services to a shipper that has those brand, those logos on the tractor and the trailing equipment going down the road. That is the majority of the time. Yeah. And you, it's, even when you see the driver and they say it has the uniform of the customer, it still might be a Ruan driver or you know another contract carriage company, correct? Exactly. Part of having that dedicated contract and that dedicated carrier in-house for a shipper, it's the extension of their brand. That's part of the agreement. And so when that driver team member is delivering their product to their ultimate customer or consumer, it appears when done right that it's that shipper's associate doing it. So I, I know you guys are a big company. I know there's a lot of, we won't mention names because it's not appropriate, but I know there's like Fortune 500 companies that you see their truck going down the highway and you say, hey, they bought their own fleet. They pay for their own fleet, but Ruan's managing or somebody else like you guys are managing it, correct? Exactly. Exactly. So you said something when we were prepping for this and I really liked it is you said these guys become an extension of your supply chain. And so when you're paying for dedicated contract carriage, you have somebody who basically is at your beck and call. Those drivers, those trailers, those tractors, all mine. And as far as where they're stored, do they stay in your terminals or at your customers' locations or where they stay? It can be both. It can be a hybrid of one or the other. Joe, you think of the driver and all the equipment, but also the office team members, whether at Ruan or other dedicated carriers, can be housed right in that shipper's facility. And as you mentioned, become a complete extension. They know that shipper's business as well as they do, and then they make sure that they provide that service to meet those guidelines and expectations. So what would drive somebody to do this? I mean, where do they come from? Are they normally people who are doing spot and contract and have capacity problems, or are they people who have their own trucks? Where are these dedicated contract carriage customers coming from? Well, as you can imagine, Joe, various locations and reasons why it could be, as you mentioned, that a shipper has been living and dying by the spot market. And as the capacity tightens, that price can get very high and really bust a shipper's budget, if you will. Also, a shipper could have their own private fleet and they may have had that private fleet for a long time. But when you look at this day and age and the increasing uh risk and litigation that's taking place in the headlines. Shippers like to say, you know what, we need to rethink this and get away from that risk, focus on our core competency, get away from that high cost and dynamic pricing of capacity, and let's get a dedicated carrier in here to do that. So really, it can come from various reasons within a shipper to make that choice. So let's just say they had 10 trucks and 10 trailers and 10 drivers. Would you just say that those guys just be switch over and become ruin assets? Well, that's a good high-level way of putting it, Joe, but yes, we can do that. The customer will inform us or other carriers like us of what they would like to see, whether it's new equipment, whether they want their equipment that they have today taken over, they want assistance in selling that equipment. So 
a good dedicated carrier can come in and listen to the customer, listen to the shipper, and really do all the above to get to the end state of having that dedicated carrier in place. Right. So there's kind of an assessment, assessment yeah. like you might say, hey, guys, these trailers have seen better days and these <laughs> three of these tractors have to be replaced. And I get it. And maybe the same assessment, what drivers want to make the make the switch to. So when somebody makes the switch, what's you mentioned safety and risk. Is that related to like these nuclear verdicts? Very much so. When you are a shipper and you're sitting there and your really core competency is manufacturing widgets, all the regulations and safety training and everything else that goes into transportation sometimes is not a priority. And they have fallen behind in certain areas and risk becomes a larger concern. And these verdicts that we've all seen the headlines on right now, whether a carrier is at fault or not at fault or a shipper at fault or not at fault, those verdicts are very high. And shippers make that choice to let's get away from that, bring a dedicated carrier in here. That's that's their core competency to bring safe, trained drivers, good, maintained equipment to the table and assume that risk off of us as the shipper. Right. And not to be salesy here, but I know Ruan is arguably the most, the safest carrier in America, right? I mean, you guys get up quite a bit of awards for that stuff, right? We do. We take pride in being one of the safest fleets out there on the road, Joe. And we go above and beyond to make sure that we're not only seeking, but staying in front of all the safety initiatives to make sure our fleet, our team, our driver team members, and the motoring public are all being safe around us. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between, you know, so I, let's just say I'm a shipper and I've been using some carriers and I also work with some brokers. Now I switch over and I start working with you. Am I going to have, generally speaking, is my service going to get better? Yes. We feel very confident that your service will get better. As we mentioned earlier, Jonah, in this discussion, we not only have trained professionals in the seat of our tractors, but then we also put them through additional training to make sure that they know how to service you and your needs as the shipper within your own configuration, your customer base, to make sure that it is truly an extension of your brand. We talked about the logos on the uniforms and on the equipment, but also when we have office team members answering the phone at your facility, the shipper's facility, nine times out of 10, they're answering the name of your company, not Ruan, to make sure that that customer calling in to wonder where their widget is at. They're feeling that there's no disconnect between the dedicated fleet and the ultimate shipper. So it's definitely going to get better service, better on-time performance, because this, and again, in tight capacity times, these are my trucks. I decide where they go every day, right? So there's no wondering whether they're busy with other business today, right? I'm not going to call my, I could potentially call a carrier or a 3PL and they say, yeah, the guy who normally moves your stuff isn't here. That's not going to be the case ever when you got dedicated, right? No. You look at if you and I are drivers on the dedicated fleet, that delivery point for this shipper in a dedicated configuration will get to know Joe and carry on a relationship with Joe because Joe's delivering into that spot all the time. And that is just a great service format for that consumer or that customer on the other end. They get to know him. They expect Joe to be there every time because he is there every time on time. So it's just a good format. So what about backhaul? So let's just say I'm a shipper and I have to move my freight from here in Detroit where I'm at to Atlanta. So I move it down there. I don't have anything to bring back. Am I starting to go backwards at that point? Well, you bring up a good point, Joe. When you make the decision as a shipper to bring in a dedicated fleet, and you have inbound coming into your manufacturer, that dedicated fleet's radius 
can really take a lot of your inbound freight that you've been using one-way capacity, spot rate capacity to service you for so long. Now you can put that on the return trip of your own dedicated fleet and save once again on that part of the movement. So I could go get inbound, but what if that's not by there? I mean, could you guys get me a backhaul? Yes, yes. That's another part. Like ourselves at Ruan and others in the industry, they have a network of volume that you deliver, your dedicated fleet delivers out in the destination area, and a backhaul can be brought back into the area and cut that empty mile, if you will, that empty mile cost that a dedicated fleet has. Because when you think about a dedicated fleet, most of the time, it's a 50% loaded ratio. Carriers like ourselves can bring that other network into play to minimize that down. So it's really up to me. If I just say, hey, look, I only want to move my own freight on, on my trucks, on the trucks that I'm paying for, then I can do that. And if I say, hey, Bob, look me up with some backhauls. I don't want to pay for empty miles. You can do that for me, too? Yes, very much so. That's pretty slick. So overall, and I kind of know this answer because we have a shared relationship. I already know they told me that they are saving money over time by working with dedicated. But generally speaking, when somebody switches from using kind of the contracted rates or spot rates, are they saving money when they move to dedicated? Yes, they are saving money, Joe. But I think that's, let's make sure we don't put it in a too of a simple response. Right. When you think about the service element where that good service to that shipper's customer is going to drive word of mouth uh, reviews and so on. That can drive a top line revenue up when the service is really good or down when they're living by that spot carrier that really doesn't have that connection. So that's one element of it. But also then, as we've talked about, that whole rate in the dynamic spot market can really make it very high cost, whereas a dedicated configuration always has it there day in and day out. Yep. When we were prepping for this podcast, I've talked to you about you know my background. I was in automotive, and we would look at transportation costs, logistics costs as 5 or 10% of our revenue. And from that perspective, I just wanted it to be reliable. And I know now I work in logistics and transportation, and that's our everything. But you know, if you're an automotive supplier and you say, look, I just can't have a plant shut down. I just can't have my variability in when stuff gets delivered. To some extent, that's more... It is more important to me than saving money. I want predictability. Exactly. And to your history that you shared with me, at times, people within that shipper market thinks of logistics as a small cost element. But in reality, it touches so much across your organization as a shipper that can, quite frankly, make or break a manufacturer. So you hit the nail on the head there. Right. And again, it just if you're trying to run a plant or look, if it, it's no different if you're in retail and the shelves are empty. We're in the COVID era. And when somebody says, hey, I went to Walmart or I went to Best Buy or wherever you went, you want to see the shelves have the stuff that you want on them, right? That's And you know, when the, our shared customer in the past said, we lost business because of our logistics in the past. And then when they made the move uh, to you guys, he said, now our goal is to win business because we do logistics so well. So do we do transportation so well? And I think that's an enlightened way to look at this. Rather than look at it as every day, it's just a cost that has to be, and every carrier is the same, every driver is the same. I'm not willing to pay for quality. I pay for quality everywhere else, but I'm not willing to when it comes to over-the-road transportation. It seems short-sighted. You're right. It does. You think of a, a manufacturer that says we need to have quality assurance in the, inside the manufacturing process. Yes, you're right. But you can have the best product manufactured and never deliver it on time. And then how much is it really worth that 
ultimate customer. So you have to have that professional dedicated carrier to make sure that that great quality you're manufacturing is extended throughout the whole process. Right. So people who you know get fed up with kind of maybe managing their own private fleet, they make the switch to dedicated contract carriage. And then you said there's also people who've kind of feel like they're too much risk because of these nuclear verdicts, or maybe they get tired of dealing with capacity issues. These guys also make the move over to dedicated contract carriage. So Makes sense. I understand. I imagine there's a lot of people listening saying, oh, God, I'm tired of some of this nonsense lately. But (laughs) so it's been difficult during COVID times. Um, So tell us, just give, so so go over some of the advantage of this solution. And when somebody comes to you and they say, we're going to make this change, what are some of the things they start to see and feel in their business? Well, a big one, Joe, they can truly take their resources and increase focus on their core competency, whatever that core competency is. They also are able to eliminate that risk that the carrier assumes bringing on a dedicated carrier. And they have their own labor concerns within their shipping environment. The carrier brings on, they assume all that labor concerns and driver management aspect of a fleet. And then we see it every day in technology uh, gains and enhancements and initiatives. Well, the dedicated carrier brings all that into place so a shipper doesn't have to worry about trying to develop or keep up with the latest TMS or the video safety programs or the ELDs and all the stuff that goes into place, not to mention all the regulatory changes that happen within. Yeah, the, yeah. The so if you have like 10 trucks and you still got to have a manager for that, right? And Yes. And I have to do the hiring and the retention, you know, make sure they, you know, my drivers that I hired stay around. I have to do the training. I do all the compliance, even though I only have 10 trucks. And then, as you mentioned, because of the nuclear verdicts, we well, not beyond the nuclear verdicts, but we want to have cameras. We have to have ELDs. There's all this stuff that's ongoing upgrades to the fleet. And they somehow have to stay abreast of all that and then invest in all that. Exactly. And I think your comparison, whether you have one, 10, or a thousand trucks, you have to take the time on all of those areas to make sure that you're staying one you know, up to compliance, and two, making sure that you can deliver what you need to deliver for your organization inside the transportation space. And bringing a dedicated carrier like Ruan helps eliminate all that off your plate. Yeah, so you guys, you have how many? You have quite a few trucks, right? Yeah, I mean, we do. Uh, you think about our platform. We have over fifty-five hundred team members with over three hundred operations throughout the, the United States. Right. So you're hiring all the time and you're managing all these compliance programs. You do the maintenance of these vehicles. So you're right abreast of this because this is your business. Is, this is your core competency. So that makes sense. So this seems like a really nice option. Are more and more companies moving to this? They are. And you think of, we mentioned earlier about the dynamic swings within the transportation industry, especially around capacity and the constraints that go with that. It's very clear that capacity has left the market. We've been in a very interesting year, uh, the pandemic. A lot of drivers decided to retire. A lot of elderly drivers decided that was the right time to retire for them. It was already an aging demographic within the, the driver arena, and that continues to constrain and uh, make it tighter going forward. It's going to be very interesting, and bringing that dedicated platform in will help insulate that shipper from some of those tightening spot rates. 
Yep. And again, we have a shared customer. We worked on a project together. And actually, I went and saw Bob over in Des Moines. And uh, by the way, I love Des Moines. And Rohan's got a beautiful facility right downtown. It's not like visiting the average trucking company. You have beautiful downtown offices building. <laughs> and I know you have a lot of trucks, but I didn't see them. And it's interesting to me that our shared customer, when they said they wanted to do this, I thought, oh, that's a nice to have. That's just, that's a nice to have. That's not going to be uh, a way to save money. But I've heard from them, they saved money doing it. And I guarantee they got the rest of those benefits of the branding on the side and having the, the same guys all the time that you work with. You don't have to worry who you're working with. You're working with the same drivers. You never have to worry where the trucks are because you decide where the trucks are. Exactly. You know, you bring up a great point, Joe, to that shared customer. Not only have they saved money in the initial, I'll call initial phase, but that continues to be looked at in other areas of their business. And having that dedicated contract carrier in play together, you're partnering on those initiatives to make sure you can bring additional savings into play, whether even if it's in a different geography altogether, just having that platform to be able to work off of and then on top of that, what we talked about, and this customer has really experienced that, is having that dense network to help eliminate those empty miles of the return trip. And that's a big calculation as they continue to look at other geographies. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So, Bob, I appreciate you taking me through this, taking me and my audience through this. So, please summarize this for me. The reason people come over and then some of the advantages of this, and then we'll wrap this up by hearing what's going on over at Ruan. Well, I'll tell you, if I could summarize it in really five buckets, Joe, of why a shipper looks at coming over what I feel is a right decision to come over to a dedicated carriage configuration. It's that driver shortage that this continues. It just continues, whether it's through a change in choice of profession in regulatory changes and the like. Also, the second bucket is risk. We talked about that in great detail around a shipper making that choice of do they want to have the risk or do they want to assume it or do they want to bring in a professional carrier to assume that risk? And what risk are you talking about, which is it mean related to accidents or related to uncertainty? The risk from accidents and what we talked about earlier around the large litigation and awards. Nuclear verdicts. Yep. Yeah, nuclear verdicts and the like. That really is in that bucket of risk I talked about. And then you talk about safety and regulatory concerns. That's a third bucket. Some might say it's really also tied to the, the second one of risk. Yes, if you're not doing it right, it definitely can be added to the risk bucket. So that's a third bucket. And then one thing that shippers and quite frankly, their ultimate customers want really ties into that fourth bucket. It's that shipment visibility and technology. That is, some people call it the Amazon effect, you know, the e-commerce right. effect. Whether you're hauling steel or you're hauling widgets, Everybody wants to know where it's at in the supply chain and when is it going to be here. So having that technology and that shipment visibility is key. And then just bringing on a professional carrier that is always going to keep up and with technology enhancements and really be on that leading edge to bring it to the table so they can also take benefit from it as a shipper. So really, those are the five buckets, Joe, that people in that shipper community would sit back and say, you know, it's time that we either go away from the spot market or we go away from the private fleet market and really go into that dedicated carriage. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about this uh, prepping offline. If I was to, as a shipper, I'd call a 3PL or broker, and I know them a little bit, although I probably maybe never met them. They're on the other side of the country. They called me. I'm working with them. And then they say, we're going to get great carrier to move your freight. And they call a carrier that they might know, but they've, again, never met them probably because they're in a different part of the country. And then that carrier might say, I'm going to 
find some driver, you know, maybe it's an owner operator. And when you kind of look at this, I'm like four, I'm very separated from my driver. And I've kind of experienced this as a 3PL. When you're bringing on a new carrier or somebody's kind of, there's a lot of unknowns. And you got a million dollars worth of freight in that truck, and there's these nuclear verdicts, and there's capacity issues, and you say, why am I exposing myself to this? You're right. And I think your statement there leads into something that when a shipper decides to bring in a dedicated carrier like Ruan, they bring in so much more. You talk about a shipper had to think about, I need to go call a broker or something. Just Within Ruan, like our core services, we, we combine both asset and non-asset, Joe. Within our capability base, we have a big platform, of course, of dedicated contract transportation. But we also have managed transportation. We have our own brokerage services and our own value-added warehousing. So what does that mean to a shipper that's really deciding to go to a dedicated carrier like ourselves? Well, it means that if I have other things after I'm in this relationship, I can bring it to my dedicated carrier and say, you know what, I have this big special project that I know I'm going to need a lot more pieces of capacity than what we have today. What can you do to help? And they can actually have that need met within their dedicated provider space. Yep. Yep. It's nice to have an integrated solution where you say, my yes. <laughs> the people who manage my warehouse also manage my freight and manage my drivers. And that's a nice deal. So what else is going on over at Ruan? I'll tell you, a lot of exciting things going on around technology and safety. We're currently rolling out to all of our company tractors a video safety program where we have both outward and inward looking cameras. And that means so much to us that we are putting it into every service, our maintenance piece of equipment, our service trucks. We're also putting it into every one of our company cars and our company carpool, showing that it is for all of us to have, not just a, a driver team. So, so Bob, let me ask a question about this. So if I get in, just, if I'm, you said inbound looking and outbound looking. So if I get in your tractor, there's a camera that is pointing at me, the driver, and so you can see me. And then is there another camera showing out through the windshield so they can see what's happening on the road? Yes, exactly. So the outward looking camera is really having a very nice view of everything going on around that tractor. The inward looking camera has the ability to, is actually looking at the driver, team member. How we have it set up, Joe, is if there's an event, there's a taping of so many seconds before and so many seconds after. It's not always looking at you, Joe, the driver, not looking at you constantly or taping you constantly. It's event driven, if you will. Yep. And so what percentage of trucks across the country have that right now? Right now we're in, uh, we're just finalizing the beta stage. As you I don't mean you. I mean, oh. is this something a lot of trucking company, like what percentage of trucks across the country, not just yours, has that? Is that a newer technology? You know, it's a newer initiative across the industry. It's probably, don't quote me on this, I think it's probably in that lower percentile that has both inward and outward. A bigger percent has outward looking. That's where most of the fleets have moved to that have moved to that. Across the whole industry, it's less Still than new. Yeah, it's, it's fairly new, but we're seeing more and more carriers moving to inward as well that may have only had outward and, quite frankly, some that had nothing moving to both right from the start. So this is all about safety and if there is, a, God forbid, an accident, they can go back and look at this film and say, hey, this shows we were hopefully not at fault, which helps say, yes, if you're involved in a, an accident. Yes, we look at it as one more enhancement in 
a suite of safety initiatives that we've put on our rolling stock going up and down the road to complement our training for our driver team members, Joe, and the industry is doing that as well. Yep. It really does. It really does capture everything that's happening at that, that point of culture. We did a podcast on nuclear verdicts not so long ago, a month or two ago, and one of the things that came out from, and this guy worked for the insurance company that does a lot of insurance trucking companies, he said, those cameras are really key when it comes to these nuclear verdicts, he says, because what happens is when there's an accident, sometimes nobody, there was no camera. And then somebody says the driver was at fault, the truck driver, but we don't really know. And especially if there's a you know a really bad injury and somebody is potentially killed or very badly injured, there's a tendency for the verdicts to go, you know, a sympathy vote. And you want to have that camera so you can prove that we did the right thing or we're not at fault in this situation. Or if you are in fault, hey, there it is. It's on camera. One way or another, we know what's the right, we know what happened. Yeah, it's one version of the truth, if you will, Joe. It really is, and and that's what it really enhances. And also, it's a coachable thing. It's one more element that we can make sure that we are developing, coaching, and training the best driver professionals out there on the road. So it's got multiple facets to benefit. Excellent, excellent. So wrap this up, Bob. What else is new at Ruan? And then we'll, uh, we'll close this thing out. Well, Joe, again, we continue to move through this interesting year of 2020 and prepare for 2021. And I think within the industry, within the economy, within the world, it's a very interesting time. We talked a lot about dedicated capacity and dedicated carriage and shippers. I would just like to invite everyone to visit Ruan.com and you can look at and download our latest white paper. It's around five lingering headaches to address for heel of the, you know, of their supply chains in 2021. I think that will really tie into a lot. We need it. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting and informative and it kind of of illustrates what we're doing here at Ruan. Yeah. And, you know, so much of the I'm doing a podcast on supply chain disruptions and how to avoid them. And I just did a podcast on supply chain resiliency. I was able to say it correctly again. (laughs) And really what we just talked about is how I avoid disruption. This is how I make my supply chain more resilient as I take more control. And it's a good way to go. It is. And having that healthier supply chain going into 2021 is going to be key for a lot of these shippers and manufacturers coming out of the low points that happened during 2021. Yeah, exactly. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time. This is quite an education. Again, I think many people, myself included, really don't hear too much about dedicated contract carriage. And it is a really good option for, I think, a lot of companies. And I appreciate you sharing what you know about it, which is quite a bit. Well, Joe, I really appreciate you having me on and I look forward to touching base again. All right. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for listening to the podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Till next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.